0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go, Cowboys! This, this Cowboys! this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown! And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans.
1: Welcome into Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live on site in Training Camp 2023. Isaiah, do you know what day it is?
2: I do know what day it is. It say
1: It With Your Chest Friday, baby. A first, Say It With Your Chest Friday of 2023, or the 2023 season, that is. Welcome to the show. John Machota, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Chris Beam running things in the back. And not only... Do they know that you have to do, like, the percolating chest? Yeah, you got you to, gotta like, bang the chest like King Kong. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh, his oh. mic. Oh, no. Oh. What a start to oh. Say <laughs> It With Your Chest Friday, you wanna uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is what we this is live television, live live podcasting for everybody. Okay, we got we you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what day is it, Isaiah? Yeah,
2: say it with your chest Friday, baby. There it right. is, John. Yeah, okay. You right. know how like Terry Crews makes his chest pop? Yeah. yeah. Kyle started doing that on the show a long time ago. Really? Okay. Yeah. What, we gotta see that
3: again. <laughs> no, what, if, <laughs> what if you don't have a chest? <laughs> you gotta put little beans in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but say it with your chest Friday. Of course, you got to say it with your chest. It's pretty self-explanatory. But here's the cool thing about today. Not only are we going to get to say it with our chest up here at the desk, but you can say it with your chest at home. For the first time in talking Cowboys history, we have a we have a Cowboys podcast text line 817-290-3298. I'll say it one more time for you, but write it down, don't forget it because I mean, I'll probably say it 100 times. 817 290 3298. We're going to take your questions off of the text line going into the second segment. But, gentlemen. Let me
3: ask you a stupid question. Oh, gosh. Is that just for this show, or is this for all the Cowboys podcasts? All the Cowboys podcasts. So, that's going to be the same number people can have for like the entire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well,
3: I just. All right. <laughs> John's over here trying to say, trying to cross
1: promote. It, it lifts all boats. It does. It definitely lifts all boats because it does. It, I guess somebody give me a pin I'm just going to put Talking cowboy's okay. podcast line. Sorry, I'm going to write on it. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> okay. Honestly, the competition is his fault. If we're being real, and there's right. there's right, trash man. talk there. <laughs> Oh no. Isaiah's having some problems. Can we can do it. So do it. this on. is a perfect segue though, and that's why Isaiah's in television. We're talking about competition and we're talking about a little bit of trash talk, right? That's been the talk around camp over the last couple of days. Dak Prescott, Trayvon Diggs. I mean the trash talk has certainly been there, but Nick, I mean that's competition right is it anything more than that in terms of what what Trayvon said to Dak and of course we can't really say it on these air uh, these airwaves but uh, what was your takeaway from seeing the trash talk and hearing it from the guys on the field
4: yeah whenever I first saw the video I loved it and I I didn't think it would blow up in the way that it did Um, and you know I, I think like Dak said yesterday in his press conference he was like yeah, anybody that thinks that there was something going on there clearly has never been in heated competition, and you know d- doesn't have someone that they can compete with on a day-to-day basis. And it's the second show in a row I'm about to make a Madden comparison, and I really don't like Madden, so this is crazy. But whenever I play Madden with my boys, that's the talk that's going on. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, come on now, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta come around on this. If this is the topic we're gonna pull from Cowboys training camp this week, it's it's pretty soft. It's pretty soft. I think
3: what? some thought that the B word might have crossed the line. Calling a te- teammate that. <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah. I think that's what what stood out is because then you can sit there and compare it to, well, have you ever heard a video of this teammate ever saying that to Joe Burrow? Have you ever heard this of yeah, this teammate saying it's Patrick Mahomes? it's like, well, yeah, I mean, just because there's not a video doesn't mean that it doesn't get heated like that. Um, but also, I just think that we're in a part of the season. Training camp just started. You know, national media looking for talking points and things like that, and anything that you can get from the Dallas Cowboys, you know, is, is a huge deal. I won't name the uh, station, but, like, after the Earl Spence fight the other night, and I go back to my room, and I'm sitting there watching TV, and there's a sports show on, and the top stories are the Earl Spence fight, um, the UFC fight, and then Dak Prescott turns 30. Wow, like that's that's your third Cowboys. biggest story because it's the Cowboys, and so I think that's another big part of this.
2: The issue revolving around this this trade, this this digs and freaking Dak Prescott issue is the fact that it was on film. Mm-hmm. That's the only issue, and then people need to understand this goes down every day, not every day, <laughs> every day. There's three <laughs> R's in there, okay? Every. Um if you don't have this on your team, then like you don't have competition. And, and as a former competitor, and I compete in everything. Okay, I, I mean, I compete on who can sit on the toilet the longest. If you really want to go head to head, I like this is what happens all the time. And this is like if you and I are talking mess to each other, Nick, I got your back. Like like JanSport, you know what I'm saying? Like we, gonna, we I, I can talk mess to you all day long. I can say whatever I need to about you. I know I'm not going to offend you. It's going to drive us both to be better and compete against each other better. But if somebody else from another team says something to you about you, like now I have a problem with them. Like I can do that to you. They can't do that to you. So it's a brotherhood, literally a brotherhood. You, all of us have, have close friends, and we talk crazy to our close friends. They talk crazy about us. We say things to them that we would never say to anybody else. But if somebody else was on the outside was to say it to them, you would have their back. And you would be right there in front mm-hmm. of them, protecting them like nobody's business. That is the same exact thing that's going on with this Dallas Cowboys team. And everybody's going to say, well, nobody says that to Tom Brady. Nobody said that to Patrick Mahomes. You don't know that? Yeah. You don't know that. I've seen Tom Brady in practice. I, that he, yeah, he talks mess. Okay? <laughs> he talks mess. Okay, I've been with some other quarterbacks. They talk mess. And then there's guys who just don't. That's just not their vibe, right? They talk with their game, and that's okay. But when you know that your competitor really does, like, that's, that's what he grew up around. Look at, look at Stefan Diggs. He talks mess. That's what he does. And then they back it up. So, like, you want to see it. I love to see it. You love to see it. It's good stuff, man. People stop making a big deal about it. This is going to transition in a positive way into the games. And you want to see your other guys getting into it, too. Some guys just don't use their mouth to do so. Some guys just go out there and bush in the mouth.
3: My favorite trash talk moment might have been out here uh, one year, Des Bryant was just real fired up like he he would always get, and he literally went down the line. And it was just like, I think it stands out to me because everything was kind of quiet, and it was just clear as day to hear it, and he just went right down the line to every DB and goes, you can't guard me, you can't guard me, you can't guard me, you, you, and you can't guard me, just like one after another. I will always remember that. It was one of my favorite moments because it was just so clean. You could just hear it no matter where you were out here. Um, But the other thing that, that factors into this too is that even if you go back to like some of those teams Des was on, there were, there were times where the defense wasn't on the same level as the offense. And one of the th- reasons why I think this trash talk stands out right now on this team is because there's so much talent on both sides of the ball that it really is. It, it's as competitive as I've seen it yeah. because of how, how high the, you know, the talent level is on both sides. Some,
2: some of the most competitive guys that I've played with, and I've been blessed to play with a lot of really good dudes, talk mess. They do. I mean, you go back to my teams when I was here in Dallas. We went 13-3. and And the following year, we had Pac-Man Jones. We had T.O. We had Tank Johnson. You know what I'm saying? We had Jay Rattler. I mean, we had some dudes now. Brady Jane, We had some dudes that going to talk. Yeah. That's right? like two of the four on the Mount
4: Rushmore. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, man. You know what I'm
2: saying? Like In like other stops that I've made, this happens all the time. And it's almost like if you go or practice without – I'm surprised there hasn't been no fights.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I'm used to fights every day at camp. This is like
1: the – still got like eight padded practices yeah. left. I think we'll be all right. I'm sure we'll get there.
2: Um, but long story short, this is good for football. This is good for the Dallas Cowboys. It's only going to raise their level of play. What was the worst thing you were ever called on the football field?
5: <laughs>
1: <Huh>. <laughs>
2: I wasn't really a talker, Kyle. So, like, to that point. Like, but, I could talk But does to
1: that me. mean people
2: didn't talk to you? People talked to me, but it, it's just noise to me. Mm. It's just noise. I think um, – you know why I take it, back. it was back? I have to go back to college because the NFL didn't really have too much of that. Okay. In, in, in college, I was playing against Oregon at Oregon. And it was a pretty competitive game, and there's some dude by the name of Haloti Nada.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: he was pretty good. Yeah, and Haloti Nada, I came up to the line of scrimmage, and Haloti Nada called me the B-word that you heard the other day in practice. And he said, hey, you're a little boop. And I looked, I said, what did I do to offend you? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> right? <But> so <laughs> it's like that 50 Cent video. <laughs> right? and I'm looking at this 340 pound man, I'm like, I didn't do anything to you. But in my head, that I mean, was in my head. But in physically, I was like, hey man, well, boop, you too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the next play, our next series, I went out there and and freaking just screwed him over, threw a touchdown right down the middle, and I looked back at him, I was like, Yeah, and mm, you too, you know what I'm saying? And like he was like, Okay, guys,
5: okay. Like, that was it. But
2: like I, I walked away the other direction. Um But now that's it's a part of the game, man. And Mm -hmm. after that is respect. It's a respect factor. If I'm talking to you like there's there's if we're on equal levels, I could talk to you like that, you could talk to me like that, and it's a mutual respect. It's different than talking down to somebody. Mm -hmm. It's totally different than talking. And most people I would imagine that have heard those words and those terms spoken to them, it was probably in a condescending manner. This was not in a condescending manner. This was an hey, I respect you. You respect me. Okay, we're gonna see who who was the best out we're here. We're fighting today. it out. We're fighting it out. Yeah. Right. This was not. One person up here, one person down here. It would be different if Dak said that to somebody who, you know, a free agent who just got on a team, you know, voting for a special team spot. Like, that's, that's not what this was. These were two high-caliber athletes that are both well-paid and both highly cherished by their, by their organizations, and these guys are going to go compete against each other.
1: And that's kind of what the, the national conversation turned into is, does this team respect Dak if this is the case? If those were the words that were used, if that was the trash talk that was heard on tape, then do they respect Dak? And, Nick, I don't think there's any question. I mean, th- it begins and ends with four, yeah. right? I, I mean, this locker room begins and it ends with four. Yes, there are other leaders in there, but Dak Prescott is the leader of that locker
4: room. Yeah, on a day-to-day basis, he's the guy that everyone's looking at and, and looking at, it for example. But, you know, even Dak said it yesterday. He's like, I'm the one that starts the talking. You know, <laughs> I, I'm arguably worse than what was said in, in that video. Y'all just happened to not catch me on camera. I It's 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 crazy how out of proportion it's, it's gotten blown up to be, but – uh, yeah, there's there's no question in my mind that there, there's a respect factor there with every single person on the team. All all other 89 players, it's 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 wild. I can't yeah. believe we're having this conversation. It's, <laughs> I can't believe we're having this it conversation. is it is it's wild. It just blows my mind every I can give every you guys time. Another example
2: of a, <laughs> of a condescending manner, okay? Where smack talk is happening and again. It comes from Mount Rushmore and TO. I don't remember <laughs> who we're playing against, but TO was routing somebody up and. It was just an inferior cornerback that should not have been sticking him. And T.O. turned to all of us on the sideline after routing this dude up and catching the ball. He tosses the ball to the referee. He looks back. He doesn't even look at the dude. He points his thumb over his shoulder and says, this dude right here is a chump. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes out there lines up, routes him up again. He said, I told you, he's a chump. You know what I'm saying? That is like, hey, like, get off me. Like, you can't mess with me. But, like, when you're mutual – you know, when you, them guys yeah. used to go out at Pac Man and, and T.O. And, and, or Pac or, or T.O. And, and T. New or Roy Williams and T. New, like that's that stuff that will go on all the time. Even Randy Moss. Randy Moss was out there when I was in New England. He talked some mess too. He was kind of a lot less aggressive with it, but he still talked. That is, that's the stuff that you want to see, man, because yeah. it, it, it sparks a fire in the level of competition. That's when you want to start seeing guys. The Coach blows the whistle up to go to the next drill. Back in the day, we used to be like, hey, Coach, no disrespect. But no, we got business. We still got to finish over here. Like, we're not done yet. Yep. You know,
1: that's the, you love that competition. You can't teach that. Well, uh, you, you mentioned Tom Brady earlier. You have a Tom Brady story about trash talking in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Uh, do, you know what I'm talking about? When you were on the sideline and he was yelling at you and you were. Yelling oh, him. no, that wasn't the Super Bowl. That was. Uh, well, I
2: thought it was. No, that was uh, the, that was the next, was it the next year? It was the no. year after maybe? Yeah, I think it was the year after. I think it was a year after. Yeah, we were playing in, in the preseason and I was on special teams going to cover a kick. <laughs> I was going to cover a kick and I was getting off the vice. And I don't know if people know what a vice is when two guys are trying to stop the the one guy on punt that's trying to go down there and, and force a fair catch. And I was, I was struggling. It was really my first time ever doing it. I had never even done it in practice. They threw me out there and I'm running down there and I got one, threw one guy off me, and I ended up like getting fed up and kind of just stopping and grabbing underneath the dude's face mask and picked him up and like slammed him, like DDT'd him uh, with one hand. <laughs> and I like dropped the elbow on him and I got up and kept running. And, I, uh, and as we're going to the sideline, we're playing against New England, Tom Brady's like, Isaiah, you're a little boop. I you was
5: know, <laughs>
2: like, boop, Tom. <Utah."
1: laughs> it was just like, it's respect. You know it what is. I mean? It's just like. And, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, you, you mentioned <sighs> T.O. I've heard Cowboys teammates of T.O. say that that was the best teammate they ever yep. had. And he was one of the best trash talkers yep. that they had ever had. People love J. Ron Curse. Zach, Dak Prescott named him yesterday as the top trash talker on the team. It's a part of the game. And this is why I love the fact that we have this text line. Brian in Denver texted in. He said the disrespect argument is off base because Diggs said that – or to say what he said, but Dak started it and said something to Diggs first. So it's, it's not even a disrespect. It's, it's, it's just trash talk. It's the give and take. And then uh, there was another uh, from – Steve from Charlotte, North Carolina said, shout out to the media member that caught the real competition – on tape and and that's what it was it was that real competition that's the iron sharpens iron that we've we've talked about so much on this show and i we did burn an entire first segment talking about it but it It really is it's it's a non-topic but it's blown up into this big topic because of that because of the star that's on the on the chest and the star that's on the helmet because it's always going to be a topic of conversation but when we come back here on talking cowboys takeaways from padded practice number three the defense looked unstoppable at times. And we're going to talk about Dak Prescott and how he's looked out here in practice, so you don't want to miss anything coming up. Talking Cowboys returns right after this. Todd thought it
0: would be secure to jog in the cheetah Savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details.
5: Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Go to blackriflecoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term
0: Rowdy replay. Let's roll back the tape.
2: <laughs> okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the
0: boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app, Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so
2: impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash
0: can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version version. version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit UnitedAganturf.com to find a location near you. Back
1: to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys heading into segment number two we're going to take your questions on the Cowboys podcast text line 817-290-3298 but before we get into that I want to allow for these text messages to keep on filing through I want to talk about your impressions from yesterday's practice and and We will have another practice tomorrow. That's the big one. we got a scrimmage going on, the blue and white scrimmage. gets started at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Central time. We'll have it broadcast on TXA 21, the entirety of the practice. So that will be a whole lot of fun. But, John, I'll start with you. Impressions from yesterday and and really a
3: defensive-led practice. It was, and because of that – from the video standpoint. It was kind of boring to me. I thought it was kind of a letdown. <laughs> I was like, we, we do this thing on the sidelines sometimes where we'll be joking around how we'll yell in, run the cool plays! Um, exactly. Just because we want the tweets to blow up. But no, uh, I would say one of the things that stood out was there were a couple, couple of passes from Dak, the one that almost got picked off by Gilmore and only got the one foot in. Um, Trayvon Diggs uh, had a pick on a, on a ball that came after it was, there was an offside penalty. So it wasn't like, you know, those aren't like these major... Concerns or anything, but those are the ones that people see, and they're like, Oh, Dak's throwing interceptions again. Dak's throwing interceptions. Like, <laughs> they're working on things that this is, they're bringing in a new offense. This isn't something that, um, you know, like the throw to, to Simi Fahoko mm-hmm. with Stefan Gilmore on him. Like, if this is on a Sunday, he's not even making that throw. He's working on other things. He's trying to get other receivers involved. And so, I've honestly, I thought Dak looked pretty good, um, really, throughout camp. I just, he's such a lightning rod for everything. I, part of it is probably because of how they ended the season last year, and then the other part of it is he's the face of the of the franchise. But um, uh, I would say out of that, another one other person stood out to me was Jonathan Hankins. He just seemed like a disruptor in the middle uh, when they were doing things in the run game. Um, but those are probably the two biggest things for me.
4: Yeah, and about the interceptions, would you rather it be in Week One, or would you rather it be in a controlled environment out here when they're still trying things out? You know, it's just uh, that's another that's another rhetoric point that's just kind of being thrown around as Dax interceptions during training camp. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice, Isaiah Alan Iverson. Practice, but um, and Jonathan Hankins, I do want to touch on that man. He had an awesome day yesterday, mm-hmm. and, and talking about that interior defensive line, uh, we could we could take Mozzie Smith out of the equation since Jonathan Hankins has come in. There has been a clear improvement there and if he can unlock kind of that athleticism and extra step that he had you know a couple of years ago and bring it back and pair that with Mozzie Smith man that's that's the perfect defensive line that's that's what you want to look at uh, Oso Digizua had an awesome day himself yesterday I think everything in that interior defensive line is looking exactly how you want it to look right
1: now and that's what's scary about training camp is because it's it's your guys versus their guys so is it the defensive front is just that ahead of everyone else and they're just that good looks that way right now it does uh, but or is it the fact that your offense is just not very good your offensive line is not very good you kind of you have to take everything in consideration and in context and you don't have any other context to go up against so this offensive line might be okay against normal competition but against one of the better defensive fronts in football, they're just getting their, their behinds whooped. I mean, I mean that's just getting kind of what it is. Yeah, it. <laughs> they're, just getting, they're just getting beat at this point. Well, so, was an, it wasn't all
2: bad, you guys. It wasn't all bad for the offensive line. I think that there were some good things. Obviously, those guys are facing Mozzie Smith. And actually, they had a big package. Did you guys notice that? Yep. Bohanna and Mozzie. Bo, Mozzie, Hankins, and I think it was Fahoko that was thrown in there as well. Filiami. Uh, yeah, they had a big package, so that was pretty off, uh, awesome to see. I don't know how you run against that. But yeah. uh, but there was some positive, positive. and one of the positives I saw from somebody who needs some positive right now was Ronald Jones. Yep. Hmm. Ronald Jones had some good runs yesterday, man, yep. and he showed some bursts that I didn't know he had, to be, to be quite honest. Um, he made some nice moves in the backfield, obviously with some, some pressure back there, and he created It's one thing to be able to go out there and have a nice executed run based upon the way that you designed it on paper, but it's another thing for things to get blown up and for you actually to create something, create some space in the backfield and then cross the line of scrimmage and then show a little burst to get downfield. I think there was some positive there. Obviously, um, he's going to continue to have his momentum, continue to put his work in because he's preparing now for week three um, instead of the the preseason and or the first two games. So um, that was positive. And then on the flip side, uh, Stephon Gilmore. And I know mm-hmm. he's quiet, you know, quiet assassin, really. But the things that he does that don't that don't get talked about, they don't show up on a stat line, which is Kyle knows I'm not a big, a huge advocate of, of stats all the time. They don't show the whole picture. He is going to contribute to so many other guys success because of his understanding of splits, his understanding of route concepts, his his uh, elimination of of possibilities you know I was sitting there with, with uh, Derek Eagleton yesterday watching practice and I was explaining to him just his progression you know it's like it's like a multiple choice test you know you go out there you you walk on the, the offense comes to the line of scrimmage and there's you know six you know, possible answers and he eliminates two of them right off the bat right and then obviously then, then they had the ball snapped and his stem the stem of the receiver eliminates another two so now he has a 50-50 chance on what he's selecting in terms of what you could possibly run. And then, you know, if something goes over, he, his nonverbal communication to be able to pass it off, pass off his responsibilities to other guys to alert them as to what's coming their way, it's just going to help tremendously. So to both of those guys, Ronald Jones and Stephon Gilmore, they did some really amazing things that might not have been shown on film, but they, they, were, they were all really good in terms of their sides of the ball. There
3: uh, were some center uh, quarterback exchange issues, but that was because Matt Farniak back. was yeah. was. Getting some work uh, as the backup center. Those weren't with uh, Tyler Biotis. So again, training camp. Th- this is the time you want to work through that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all building on each other. And you mentioned Ronald Jones having a great day. I thought of Rico Dowdle Junior. Yeah. Uh, I always call him Rico Dowdle Junior. Is he Junior? I can't remember. Not sure. Rico Dowdle. Mm-hmm. He had a great day as well. But also uh, Deuce Vaughn. Has been turning some heads, as as you would think, from, from somebody that was, one, a draft pick and, two, in a position of need at the moment. And our first question from the text line from the 559 says, Does Deuce Vaughn look like he's going to be able to escape a lot of contact when games begin? Or is that something we won't be able to tell until the preseason happens? What do you think, Nick?
4: I, I think it's going to be tough for him because there's been a couple of times out here where he's like bounced off of tacklers where he'd be getting flattened in a game. So I don't, I don't know, Nick. I, look, he's got the elusiveness. He's got the bounce It's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to be on a consistent basis that everyone might think. Um, you know, I, I think coming into camp, a lot of people were talking about Deuce Vaughn being able to be a returner. Like he's got that much elusiveness and that much bounce. I, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I want to temper expect expectations on yeah. Deuce Vaughn mm-hmm. just because, I mean, I hate because to say Because you're it, being a hater. Because I am being a hater. <laughs> I, I am being a hater. And I hate to be a hater because I love Deuce Vaughn. But, I you know, I need, I need to see it on the NFL field first. That's all. Uh,
2: I agree with you in the sense that you're not going to know what he's fully, fully capable of until the preseason games present themselves. The more I watch him, the more I see Darren Sproles. Yep. If you watch Darren Sproles, Darren Sproles is 5'6", 190. Mm-hmm. Right? Darren Sproles was a complete dog. And not only because of the, the, the offensive line that he was playing behind, but also the quarterback that he had. And he was just elusive, right, in the sense of you can't see him. When he does pop out, he's quick. He's, he's accelerating. Um, you know, his 0-60 to 60 speed is very fast. And then he's able to bounce off tackles. Tackles that would get most 6-foot running backs down don't get him down because he has low center gravity. Um, his legs are strong as all get out. I see the same thing in Deuce Vaughn. And we don't know because, yeah, you're only thudding up in practice. Thutting up, for those that don't know, means that I'm going to hit you with my shoulder pads and my helmet, and I'm going to let you go because you're my teammate. It's an advanced
1: form of two-hand touch. Exactly. right? That's all it is. A little physical
2: two-hand touch. So – that is what you're seeing in practice. So you don't know. You don't know. Did he would he have broken that tackle? I don't know. Would he have spun out of that? Would he have kept this balance? You don't know. But you will know here. Uh, you know by the next weekend. You know, so you'll you'll figure that out really quickly.
4: And I'm excited to see it. I will say what always I come back to is his game against Alabama and how he was able to bounce off those guys. I mean, those are that's those are NFL talents through and through on that Crimson Tide defense. So.
1: I, I rode down on the bus from the airport. It with Deuce, I mean, we were in the same section of the bus, and I asked him, I said, what was your favorite college game? And he said, it's close. He said, I, most people would probably say that Alabama game. He's like, but for me, it was the first game at at and Stadium. It was the first game of his sophomore year, and he played against Stanford, and he had, I think, three touchdowns. I think he had over 150 yards on the ground. It was like his coming-out party, and it just so happened to be at at and Stadium, mm-hmm. and it was the first game where he was really the number one back, and he was the featured back. He's looking to try and replicate some of that next week in AT&T Stadium again in his first NFL experience as a a back. Because he's going to get – I would think he would get the majority of the carries. I think Ronald Jones will get work. I think Malik Davis will get similar work. I I don't see a a whole lot for each one of those guys. I think it will be a Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn show just to see what these guys have.
3: Dowdle coming back from injury and then Vaughn, of course, with the the expectations that he has. Yeah, my thing with Deuce Vaughn is really the – I've never obviously played running back. It's the going from college, being the guy, knowing every Saturday, I'm getting minimum 15 touches. Might get 20, might get 25. And then that might even work a little bit in the preseason. But for him to be used in the regular season, he's just not going to get those touches. How? I mean, some guys are – that's easier for them. I think for some guys they need a lot of touches to kind of get themselves going. How can he fit into that where it's like, hey, on Sunday you might only touch the ball two times. Do you not try to do too much to try and make something happen that – you know, maybe isn't there because you want to, you know, kind of. Hey, I am to, I to put myself out there so that they can see. Hey, this is what I am because he's just not going to get those same the same amount of workload right away that he that he did at Kansas State. Is that something that Tony Pollard
1: had to go through at one point? Yeah. I mean, he was even a part of a shared backfield at Memphis. He wasn't the number one guy the entire time. Right. He had one season really where he was the featured back, but I mean, he kind of had to go through a little bit of that growing pain too, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, a little bit for for sure. But I, I don't. I, I never thought of him as like the featured number one guy. That like obviously yeah. he's. Zeke was at Ohio sure. State and he can step in you know right away make an impact day one you know and and you see that with a lot of running backs you know uh, especially the ones that get drafted high like that but for Deuce Vaughn it's going to be how can he make an impact with only maybe a handful of plays. It's an uphill battle
1: it really is and, and I, I like the way that Nick said it like temper expectations that doesn't mean write off Deuce Vaughn by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination I think that we've proven already by this point you should not write off Deuce Vaughn because uh, he's made it this far but but also at least limit the expectations, and, and we'll see what happens whenever the preseason comes around. I will say really quick, I think the running back group,
4: I think that is the most important –
1: or I, I think that's the group with the most spotlight in the preseason because okay. I,
4: that's that, that's the group that needs to – somebody's going to have to pop out or somebody's going to get left out.
1: So from, from the, the biggest spotlight during the preseason to the one guy that's probably – not going to play at all in the preseason Dak Prescott you mentioned him and and how he's looked good throughout camp but we got a question from Peterson in San Diego and he basically says early in the in his career he was known as a poor practice player but he was a gamer he came back in and he was able to to put things together whenever the the lights came on now he looks like he's a great practice player but he's lost some of these big games lately what is going on? Do you feel like the script is flipped or do you think Dak's just a
3: better practice player now and, and he's just come up against some tough competition at times? I mean, he's a better practice player now. I mean, like we mentioned the other day, I mean, there were definitely camp practices where you didn't know if it was him or Jameel Showers uh, mm-hmm. from, from week to week in 2016 after Cal Moore went down. But uh, he's definitely a better practice player now. In terms of how that equates to the regular season or even how he plays in the playoffs, I think it has nothing to do with that. Um, I think that stuff has a lot to do with He's been the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys since 2016. There's a lot of tape on him. I mean, there's, I mean everyone kind of knows what he likes to do, uh, what his strengths are, and every defensive coordinator is going to be able to build off of that. That has a lot more to do with it than anything of, well, he's a better practice player now and then whatever in the regular season. It just – the stuff that he was doing – in 2016 there's a lot of stuff he had success with because nobody had ever seen it you know Mm -hmm. especially from coming from the cowboys you're expecting like romo at quarterback the way that they and then all of a sudden you got this guy coming in from mississippi state (laughs) he's running the ball like they weren't used to seeing that so that's the tough part about the nfl and obviously he's done a good enough job that he's still a franchise quarterback playing at a high level all these years later
4: yeah those are really good talking points i think um you know, early on and not being a good practice player, that just comes with entering the NFL and getting used to the practice environment. Um, but, you know, as the years have gone on, he's become a better player. But, like you said, there's more context for opponents. So, um, what was the last part of his question where he was like, or is it just.
1: Yeah, or is it is it that he's come up against that tough competition, like John yeah. was saying, in playoff time, and that's when things go wrong for Dave? Hey, who, yeah. who
3: looks good against that 49ers defense in the playoffs? You know? I,
4: I was about to say, is that 49ers team better than that Packers team that he faces rookie? Year, I think so without a doubt. Wow, I think they're yep. better than that Falcons team that the, that beat that Green Bay team, you know. So,
1: Nick gets say it with your chest Friday, Isaiah. He I understands like it, it. I like it, Nick. The 2022 20, <laughs> Niners are better than the 2016 Packers. Chest, faith. <laughs> like it. What do
2: you think? Uh, I mean, practice is practice. I mean, you're supposed to make mistakes in practice. <laughs> so that you don't make mistakes in the game.
1: Kind of playing off of that, and and this is a good question for you to answer, George from the 703 says, do you think the Cowboys not practicing with another team this year, I mean, of Mm -hmm. course, no joint practices, no Chargers, Broncos, uh, or Rams like we've seen the last two years, uh, will that make them sloppy in their tackling and their aggressiveness when trying to finish plays?
2: No, because the rules are the same in those joint practices. I mean, the same way that we're just talking about thudding up, it's supposed to be thudding up whenever you have those joint practices
1: as well. That's how so fights happen. That's
2: how fights happen. Whenever <laughs> it is not thudding up, and you, know, you go to the ground. I remember um, back camp years ago when we were practicing against Denver, they weren't thudding up. They were tack- tackling Felix Jones. They were tackling Tashar Choice. And um, because of that, uh, there were some fights that broke out, some massive fights, by the way. Um, but I do think that... I get I get his question in the sense of you like the competitiveness whenever you have those joint practices, but when you're focusing on trying to onboard a new system, I get not wanting to practice against other teams as well because that can become a distraction in a sense. Guys can get so riled up in the actual competitive side of it that they forget that, hey, you're supposed to be learning how to do things the right way. So when he's trying to, and Coach McCarthy when I say he, he's trying to instill a form of consistency right now, and that's more important than the competitiveness, because he's not concerned about the competitiveness. He knows his team is going to be, well, you just saw it, right? Everybody's talking about it. Dak and Trayvon. The competitiveness is there. That's no question mark, right? That's one of the reasons why you go practice other teams. He wants to make sure that everybody knows what the heck they're doing and they can do it play after play after play. That's more important. You'll see it show up next week. That is going to be their test run. That's their joint
3: practice is these three preseason games. When he said the thing about the fighting, all I thought of was that practice a couple days ago where Parsons hit Dak in the legs, and I'm like, mm. if that's a different team, they're fighting. If that's like yeah. Aaron Donald running into Dak's legs, or if that's Micah running into Stafford's legs, those th- those teams oh, are fight. fighting immediately. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, practice is right. over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would
1: be rough. I mean, we saw it out here a couple years ago. Aaron Donald and Connor Williams going after oh, right. it, and, and if something like that, just barely. It's touching. A, your it's a perfect
2: example, you guys, of what I was just uh, just saying in regards to the, the the smack talking. It's okay when your teammates do it. Right, mm-hmm. it's okay when Michael Parsons, uh, you know, accidentally falls by the by the legs of Dak. You heard Dak. What did he say? He said, "Well, I, I guess I got to keep my feet light. That's a part of the game. I got to be able to step up in a pocket, and move around. But if another team would have done that, <laughs> it would have been freaking off the top rope every single time by everybody on that me? team. Yeah. So it's okay for your guy to do it because yeah. it's competitive. But when another guy's doing it, you now you're taking a shot at my team, man. I'm not going to allow that. Mm. Th- that's what it's all about. It's a brotherhood, man. So you can't, we can't pick and people can't pick and choose and say, well, that's okay, but that's not. Nah, it, it's this is football. You protect your brothers
1: yeah it's it is a brotherhood out there and you can see that that competition growing and i i love it i really do this has been at least in terms of the competition and the intensity i think this is the most intense camp that i've been to now my list isn't as long as others i'm only i'm only a number four but i i I just really think there's an intentionality (laughs) To, I don't even know if that's a word. To well, what t- is now? Is it? Stay with your chest. Uh, Stay with my chest. There's an intentionality. There's an intention <laughs> with uh, with what they're doing on the practice field, and you can see it uh, even from the, the outside. Right <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you if intentionality is a word when mm-hmm. we come back with more talking Cowboys, and we'll continue to ask you or answer your questions. Give us a text eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. We'll be back in a moment.
5: Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today.
1: Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next
2: caller, would you?
1: Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. And this segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back with John Machoda, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. What was the uh, what was the verdict on intentionality being an actual
3: word? Yeah, man, you got a word. It's, Let's go. It's mm. Man, I just deleted it. But Duh. No, it's a word. It's a word, I believe you. Yeah, no, I got it. It's uh, the quality of mental states. That consists in their being directed towards some objects or state of affairs, so. or the defensive line, or, or the, the de- yeah. That, that was the other definition. <laughs> the second nice. One. Yeah. All right. There you go. Oh, then. and it's peaking, and 2019 is when it peaked. Oh, very good. It was not used at all in the 1800s. Okay,
1: we'll have to we'll have to figure out a, <laughs> yeah. a way to get it back there. Yeah, yeah it's That's Aaron Donald. That's when it started to come around. Intentionality. Yep. There you go. Learn something new every day. All right. Continue to send us questions on this text line. We're we're trying it out for the first time today. Really like it because this is just another way for Cowboys Nation to interact with us on the show. You can save the number, 817-290-3298. And we got a question from Michael O. in Boston. He said, love the cast. You guys have assembled for Talking Cowboys. Salute you, my friend. Uh, My question is, how worried are you about Luke Schoomaker's health, saying that he's had this injury since college and it hasn't gotten any better? It's a second-round pick on an injured tight end. Is there any concern, a level of concern for you guys in not seeing Luke Schoomaker out on the field?
3: Yeah, there's concern just because there's only so much you can do staying on the sideline, so that part is concerning, and it is plantar fasciitis, and that, that can be one of those things that takes a while for to get past it, and you never really know exactly when it's going to happen. So, yeah, there's concern just because he's a rookie, and then the fact that you don't have Dalton Schultz, there's so many opportunities for a young guy yeah. to get these opportunities. So because of that, yeah, but not in terms of his whole entire career or anything mm-hmm. like that, but in terms of making the impact right away, yeah, there's part of me that thinks a little bit like Jalen Tolbert last year where he didn't get to you know, kind of hit the ground running because of an reset back and that so yeah for sure and they and they need they need Schoonmaker they need as much help they can get it to tight end spot because I don't think it's going to be just one guy like it was you know Dalton Schultz getting the bulk of those targets
4: as a rookie in that t- especially in that tight end room that's so young and I feel like everyone's really learning and bouncing off each other him getting on the field is really important right now but I will say the mental reps that he is taking everyone around him is saying he's doing as much as he can with that wow. whether it's tight end coach Linda Wells Jake Ferguson all of those guys are like yeah he's buying in and doing what he needs to do but it's just, you know, getting on the field, it's, it's really important. But, but plantar fasciitis – my mom had it. Shout out to my mom out there. She had it like two or three years ago, and that stuff is the most stubborn injury you could possibly have because one day you could be completely fine, you could run a marathon, and the next day it feels like Michael Scott on the George Foreman grill on, on that <laughs> office episode. It's it's so tough, and, um, you know, I, I understand the pain that Luke is going through specifically, and it, it kind of throws off the whole, the whole training regimen because the training staff doesn't know what he's going to feel on a day-to-day basis. So um, I would like to see him get out there for a preseason game, but I don't feel like you really need to do it until the third game game if you really want him on the field to start the season Hmm.
2: I like everything that these guys have said I think I mean everybody knows how important it is especially at that position group and the role that they are expecting him to fulfill he's needed he's needed his services are needed and he needs these reps there's no replacing these reps especially at the tight end position where you not only have a responsibility to be able to run your routes precisely catch the ball make plays there but you also have to be able to block like you're an extension of the offensive line the, these reps, he won't get these reps back. Um, the yeah. sooner he can touch the field, the better.
3: The other Michigan guy, though, in that room, Sean McCune, been, has been getting a lot of praise his last few days from Mike McCarthy, Lunda Wells yesterday, tight ends coach, talking about you know just how much he's really been at the right place, right time, doing everything the right way. And and as long as Schoonmaker isn't in the mix, that's just going to be more reps for McCune.
4: That surprises me too. I, I, I did not expect to put Sean McEwen on an article yesterday talking about the 10 stock ricers. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he's done
3: great. He's done great this camp. I would say, yeah, Sean McCune. And then when Mike McCarthy was talking the other day about, like, what running back of the backups, <laughs> and he said Rico Dowdle. And Boom. That was yeah. before, yeah, like yeah. we got to see him out there. Like you said yesterday, he kind of stood out and stuff like that. So, yeah, it is, it is always interesting when you when you just ask a coach or – front office like hey just give me like one guy that like you think has really stood out and nine times out of ten it's somebody you're like okay damn I need to watch that guy yeah. a little bit more you know what
1: yeah. about uh what about Nashon Wright the <clears throat> DC fan from Long Beach California says from your guy's perspective of Nation Wright at practice how is he executing and does he make the roster and if so what's roster spot and and where on the roster does he land <laughs> Nation Wright is balling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what everybody else is talking
2: about. Nation Wright is balling. I don't think you have any worries about him making this roster. The things he's able to do, other guys can't do. This dude is long. He's, he's dawsome from Street Fighter, like I always say. <laughs> he's finally stepping into the physical aspect that he needed to add to his game. That was one of the question marks. He really really with him and Mquama, right? But Mquama's not out there right now. But Nayshaun has added that physical element. And he's guarding the best guys. And when you, every time you look up, he's guarding the best guys on defense, Any, whether it's a walk-through rep or whether it's a, a full-speed rep. He is going to be a great, great asset to this team. He started doing so towards the end of last year, and you're going to start seeing a lot more this year for sure. I think they're
1: going to depend more on him. I think he's had some ups and downs. I think there's, yeah. been, uh, there's been been times <clears throat> where he's made great plays, no doubt about it. He had the big interception early in camp on the deep ball down the left sideline, made the catch-up against Jalen Tolbert, and that was fantastic. And he's made other plays like mm-hmm. that too, pass breakups. He's been in the right spot at the right time. But then there are other – Instances where you'll look and there's just separation Mm -hmm. there, and and so you can see the growth, you can see Mm -hmm. the improvement from Nation right, and that's something that I think Cowboys fans should be excited about because that's what you want to see from a guy like that. That they they went and they took they took a chance on him with that 99th pick a couple years ago, and he's consistently gotten better, and that's what you've seen on the on the practice field this year. I think while there is some ups and downs, and there is there's always going to be with a young cornerback, especially whenever he hasn't had starter reps consistently, he's going to need to continue to see that Yeah, Yeah, and, and the thing is,
2: like, there are very few corners in this league that can guard every style of receiver. Sure. And the ones that do? it's a great point. They get paid like Trayvon Diggs. Daryl Revis, Revis said, that's, that, that's in Absolutely. this week. Revis. Yeah. I, saw, I was on a flight with Revis not too long ago, and, I just, you know, you see each other, you're like, hey, I, I recognize <laughs> you. And we talked it up for a little bit, and we've had some battles as well. But there's only a handful of those guys. The other guys, like, there's a style of receiver that they do well with. And there's a style of receiver they don't do well with. So Nation's not going to do well with the smaller, quicker dudes. That's not his thing. He's out there for the big boys. You know, when the big boys step out there and you have a pretty good size or even a tight end, I can put hands on you. I can bless you. I can bless you. You <laughs> want to cross this line of scrimmage. You know, but then you got the, the smaller guys, like the Deron Blands and the, and the Jay Lues of the world. Those are the, the feisty guys that are going to stay in the hip pockets of the little quick guys. So when you're talking about, you know, we talk about ups and downs of, 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 of defensive backs or any player, like their skill sets, preferences in terms of where they're going to be more successful than others, right? He's not a. A holistic, all-around cornerback, and they're not going to put him in those situations to, to 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 fail.
4: Yeah, and to piggyback off that, <clears throat> Naschon Wright is six foot four. That, <laughs> that is that's the sacrifice you take with the length that he has. Is he's probably going to be a step off at times, and mm-hmm. you know, but that's the sacrifice you take. You look at his wingspan, you look at his legs, and how much ground he can cover just with his strides, and um, that, that's the sacrifice you get with him. And I I think he's used his length. To his max ability in camp so far, I think that's why mm-hmm. he's having such a good camp. Um, we looked at some of the pass breakups that he has been in on, and it's like, wow, how did he get there? Mm-hmm. It's because he's got elastigirl arms, over <laughs> exactly. There. Um, but being a step slow, he's not gonna co- he's not gonna cover those speed guys. You know, Brandon Cooks. Let's not line him up on him. Yeah. But hey, Jalen Tolbert, or you know, uh, whenever the season comes around, throw me a receiver in the NFC East. I'm, I'm uh, they're all kind of fast. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was sitting here thinking I was like not so Jalen Tolbert, not, not, not Demonte. Um, not Terry McLaurin, but, yeah. But th- th- there's guys that you could put Nation Wright against, and he will have a great day. Yep. There's guys you could put him against, he will have a terrible day. It's just knowing your personnel. Does
1: that tell you, though, like the, the limitations of Nation Wright, the fact that you can go down the list of these guys that are that are impact receivers at, sure. this, at in the division? I mean, is there a spot for him to come in and be like, all
3: right, we have to have him on the 53-man because, Absolutely. I mean, you gotta, you, you got to give well, and take here, right? And then also – you know, you rip off all those names you talk about, like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, yeah. Terry McLaurin, all that. Those are some of the best receivers in the entire league. It's <laughs> going to and, happen, and, and, right? And, and, and let's be honest here. Like, It's not like they're just lining up, like, two receivers. There's three, four receivers that are out there. There's going to be – I'll just say this about Nation Wright. Yes, there have been some lows, but I think his highs are high enough that he reminds me of the type of guy that if you were to let him go, I could so see him <laughs> thriving on, on another team. And, yeah. you, and you sitting there and being like – Oh man, I remember when he was with the Cowboys, man. Yeah. They, why they let him go? I just, I don't, I don't see them doing it.
2: And that. The other like, thing, John, is like there's a thing called zone, zone right. defense. I'm not sure if you <laughs> familiar with that. I've heard about and, this. And the longer <laughs> you are in zone. Mm-hmm. Right, The taller defensive backs you have, the smaller those gaps are in yep. terms of you know, possible opportunities for teams to be able to drop the ball in buckets. So this we're not talking about man-to-man coverage all the time. We're talking about him sitting in his own with safety help and him being able to go get it, put, it, put his arms up there. You have Nayshaun Wright and Israel Mukwamu on the same side or even Curse on the same side. There's, there's not a lot of holes for that ball that's to find. There's a lot of length up so there. And they're going to get their hands on balls that you normally most guys wouldn't.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's where it gets kind of – kind of tough for me too I, I do like Nashon right don't get me wrong but well, I if, don't know if you're going, I but if you're going yeah. if you're going with with AJ Brown and you're talking about Devontae Smith and covering these better receivers in the NFL a, at times you're going to have to you're going to have to line up against those guys, and I don't think you're going to look at Trayvon Diggs and, and Stephon Gilmore and say, "Oh man, you guys get a pass because those are some of the better receivers in the NFL." You're paying those but, guys to not come off the field, too. Correct, but <laughs> but Nation Wright, in order to to be in the conversation as a starting cornerback, those are the guys you got to be up there with. So I, he's I think, not starting. Let's yeah. let's, let's, lay, let's lay that out. Then, yeah. Okay, then that's yeah. fine. That's yeah. that's that's what I'm saying is yeah. I don't think he's a starter. No, yeah. I, I, mean, I want him on you the got roster. Diggs yeah, yeah. and Gilmore and Bland. Right. Those Good. are your starters. Good. So I, everybody I agree else is completely. Feeling I'm just making sure but I would
4: pitch. feel comfortable with him sliding in if Diggs or Gilmore got hurt. I yes. feel comfortable. That's okay. With too, yeah, but but I'm cool yeah, with I that don't too. Agree that he's a and
1: I think he has. I think he's had a great camp, and like I said, he's grown along the way, and that's something
3: I think is a positive for Cowboys fans. You just certainly feel better about those guys that they have backing up. At corner, than you do as we talked about the other day about the backup on the offensive line. No doubt. You, know? For sure.
1: no you doubt. would love
3: to have a Nation Wright equivalent at yeah Yeah. You know? yeah. And, <laughs> and it, take, it guard, takes right me right back right. to the Tennessee
1: right. game, too. Right. Uh, the Tennessee game, whenever some of those guys went down, you needed yeah. guys to step up, and Nation Wright was one of them. He had an interception mm-hmm. in that game, yeah. one of which that was in zone, and he used his closing ability and his link you to know get what? there.
2: Let's saw this. This lined up KY. Against Nation Wright, next Uh. battle. Man-to-man, baby.
1: (laughs) One-on-ones. And that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. (laughs) Stay with your chest Friday. Off to a great start here in 2023. But we'll be back on Tuesday at, uh, at 9, a.m. Or 9 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Central time on DallasCowboys.com. And, of course, you can catch us on Spotify and iTunes as well. For John Machoda, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback, for Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next time next week on Talking Cowboys.
0: <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
5: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!